Prophecies foretell the last human government on earth will be a socialistic, communistic empire. From the beginning, every secretary general of the United Nations has fully supported the socialistic platform of the United Nations or the world government. America's newsman, Walter Cronkite, was a proponent as well. We'll talk about it on this edition of The End Time Show. I want you to think about this, everybody. A 2,000 to 2,500-year-old prophecies foretell the last human government on earth will be a socialistic, communistic empire. How in the world did Daniel or John, who wrote the book of Revelation, how did they know it was going to be socialism and communism? Think about this. Socialism and communism, they are nothing more than different methods of controlling people. The two ideologies are synonymous. Communism is the political ideology, and socialism is the economic system that works hand-in-hand with communism. The current Communist Party uh, USA platform, they say we want to implement socialism to get control of the economy, on the way to implementing a higher phase, communism, which is the political ideology. We've got to get a hold of the economy first. Then we can implement laws and a government and everything that goes along with those, the economic portion of it. It's socialism and communism. I've had people tell me, oh, those have nothing to do with each other. Oh, no, no. Once you study it and really understand them, they're synonymous terms. Now, The socialistic communistic world government of the Antichrist will affect every person on the earth in one way or another. A lot of you may be asking yourselves, Dave, why do you talk about this world, this prophesied world government so much? Because I want you to understand that besides World War III, over the next several years, the world government is something that will be in everybody's face. You you will either be in full compliance or with it, or you will be part of the resistance. Every single person on the planet. And so it's very important that you understand what's coming in the near future. I don't want us to walk through what's coming up in the near future and be in a total fog with blindfolds on and and just be worried about who's going to win the next big football game. And don't understand that there are people in foreign countries that want to control every single thing you do. Your bank account, what kind of meat you eat, whether you can buy a gas-powered stove, what kind of air, can you have air conditioning, what kind of car you own, what you can do with your property. There are people in foreign countries, or even here in the United States, that want to control every single thing you do. It's called the Sustainable Development Goals. Look into them sometime and research them. I've talked about it many, many times, and I will talk about them many, many more times because they want to control every single aspect of your life and my life. It's World Government 101. 
but we get mesmerized on um, who, who put the cocaine in the White House. Now, that's a travesty. Cocaine in the White House, the, in the United States of America. But people get so mesmerized on that that they don't really pay attention to what's going on behind the curtain over here. These things are being implemented and, and there are people in the White House that would like to yield up the sovereignty of United States citizens to this world governing body. And it's something that the Bible says we will deal with all the way until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, I don't want us to go through all these things blindfolded. I want us to know specifically what's going on, what should I per- participate in, and what can I absolutely not participate in that will be of eternal consequence. Think about these methods of control mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, verse 15 through 17, when it talks about the mark of the beast. John said, and now this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy, everybody, but it's pertaining to our time, the time we're living in, the end time. John said, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. He's talking about the false prophet here. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. Worship, a pledge of allegiance. And the Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. It's going to be one method of control after another. The Antichrist will demand absolute obeisance to himself, a a, a pledge of allegiance, thereby worshiping the Antichrist, and in doing so, you'll be worshiping the dragon or Satan. Read Revelation chapter 13. The Bible says they will worship the dragon in the end time. Now, if you don't follow the news or history very closely, it would be easy for these things to be established and functioning and you do not have a clue what's going on. If you do not have a, 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 a real good grasp on the sustainable development goals and what they're trying to do, then that's why you need to listen to this program. That's why you need to follow us on our television show, The End Time Show. You need to read our magazines. You need to buy the DVDs and share them with your friends, family, and your sphere of influence. Because these things are being pushed on people. They have been for years now. And the International Criminal Court and the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization. Think about this, everybody. The, the, during the COVID pandemic, the mask mandates and the um, stay-at-home mandates and all these different things, that came from the World Health Organization. That, that wasn't just your, uh, your mayor coming up with that. Hey, everybody just needs to stay home. Those were recommendations from the World Health Organization. And we abided by them. A foreign entity, the United Nations, and a tentacle of that, were telling United States citizens what to do. Well, who are they? They're the world government. These things are already being implemented. But the problem is they don't have as much control over you and me as they want. So there's got to come this horrific event, a crisis big enough, 
to where the nations of the world would yield up their sovereignty to this world governing body. And folks, I can tell you, that's going to be World War III. World War III will be the entrance ramp for the final world government to be fully established and the leader of that will be the Antichrist. World War III will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Now, I'm going to get very deep into this on the rest of the program. Who is pushing for this? What's really going on? Historically, how's this stuff been set up? And what's been the mindset of the individuals behind it? It's very important because it's exactly what the Bible says it was going to be 2,000 years ago. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800 endtime Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 endtime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. back everybody now we're going to get really deep off into this world government subject today but before we do you know end time ministries is really devoted to taking biblical prophecy and using current events to show you what things will happen in the near future and you know now available for pre-order vince doug and i put out three new dvds you can pre-order them now. You can get in time's Get Clear Prophecy DVD bundle. It's a tool designed to help you find your purpose as we navigate the waters in these end times. Go to endtime.com slash clear to pre-order today. And best of all, it's free with your donation of any amount. You can help out the ministry by purchasing these uh, and uh, you know with a donation. And this bundle includes the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom, 
the one that I put out, and it goes into great detail about what I'm talking about today if you want to share it with your friends and family. The Two Witnesses by Doug Norvell, and then Vince Stegall put out the Warn the Jews DVD. You want to know what end times efforts are in Israel in the end time and the Jerusalem Prophecy College and everything that goes along with that. So go to endtime.com slash clear, C-L-E-A-R, or call 1-800-END-TIME to pre-order today. Now, because this world government is not discussed on the nightly news, I mean, you're not going to hear anybody on one of the major liberal news stations come out and say, well, I mean, the United Nations, this socialistic entity that's trying to push the sustainable development goals and control everybody's life, here's what they did today. You will never hear that. They don't, that, that, that would get you kicked off of one of them stations today. That would get you um, Tucker carlson let's say. <laughs> They'll get rid of you ASAP. Because most people, because of this, most people don't think it's really even happening. Oh, that's, you know, that's kind of pie-in-the-sky conspiracy theory. That's how they like to paint it. And, you know, there's a, I, I saw here a while back, um, as a matter of fact, it's actually the opposite on these major news sources. I mean, in July 2020, the USA Today published an article titled, Fact Check. You've heard of these famous fact checkers. Uh, the fact check said, from the USA Today, the United Nations Agenda 21-2030, the New World Order, is not a real document. When I read that, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. There are people that are going to believe this, and it's as real as it gets. The article actually stated this. There is no evidence that the United Nations will establish a one-world government along with associated implications such as a single military and a currency. Folks, this is exactly where we are headed, according to the Bible. The Bible prophecies always come to pass. But a lot of people will believe, well, the USA Today said it. They fact-checked it, so it's got to be real, right? Now, I don't believe in every conspiracy theory that comes along. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, I don't pay much attention to it. But when it aligns up perfectly with Scripture, then I know it's going to come to pass, whether anybody believes it or not. The article goes on to say, and I'm quoting, we rate this claim, the USA Today, we rate this claim as false because it's not supported by our research. Well, I'm sorry, USA Today, who's who's on your research team. I'm sorry. But a claim, they said, um, but it's very real. They, They go on to say, a claim suggesting the UN's 21 and 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development will establish a one world government The USA Today said that that has been debunked by experts. A representative from the UN said that the agenda is not a genuine agency document. Well, I can tell you it absolutely is. Read the Sustainable Development Goals. It's a very real document, Transforming Our World by 2030, the agenda. They're very real documents. You can go to the United Nations website and read them right now in great detail. And they will tell you that these will not, in the uh, 2030 Agenda to Transform the World, they will tell you specifically in there, you can read it, that these, these, um, these sustainable development goals, it will not be possible 
to implement them without the redistribution of wealth. Well, that's the major plank in socialism, wealth redistribution. And so you can tell, since the United Nations is a socialistic entity and always has been, all of the propaganda that comes from them is geared towards one thing, implementing socialism. Human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, that's all about wealth redistribution. And all of the propaganda and the lies and everything that comes from the United Nations, it's all about pushing their socialistic agenda. You know, it's, it, I'll be honest with you guys, it's almost getting to the point that when I see one of these fact checks or one of these fact checkers by these major liberal news sources, then I think that it almost has to be true. I mean, almost. If you're doing your research and things like that, when a major news organization comes out and says, oh, well, we fact-checked this, and that's not true, you can almost almost bank on it that it is true. And not every time. But a lot of times I've looked at these and thought, no, that absolutely is true. All somebody's got to do is read a few articles and it's easy. So, the question then becomes... Are there people in the world today that are truly establishing a world government? I mean, the the USA Today said no. But what do you believe? What are you, what what news sources are you reading? What what podcast, what web uh, cast, what are uh, these um, radio programs, TV programs? What are you watching? Where are you getting your information? The USA Today and many others say, oh no, that's just conspiracy theory. No, there is a world government being established right now. The Bible says there's going to be. The Bible tells us it's going to be a socialistic one world governing body. That's exactly it. Um, during, uh, many of you probably watched, if you're my age, I'm fi- I'll be 55 here in less than a month, August 4th. I'll be 55 years old. I was born in 1968. Most of you that are my age would remember Walter Cronkite. Hey, America's news guy, right? And I think that for the most part, he was fair and balanced while he was on the air. However, he was a globalist. He believed in a world government, and while he was on the air, he didn't really talk about his true opinion and his true beliefs about a world government. He kind of kept that Push that off to the side. Now, today, they don't do that. They just tell you what, hey, here's what we're going to do. But back then, they kind of, it was hush-hush. The, pro, the, the thing is, though, is that once he retired, then it was a different ball game. So, once he had retired, he received an award uh, for advocating for a true world government. And during Walter Cronkite's speech to accept the 1999 Norman Cousins Global Governance Award, which is given annually by the World Federalist Association, which they believe they're pushing for a world government. It's given annually to the person doing the most to promote world government. They look for these uh, journalists and these news broadcasters and people are, that are very influ- influential to push a world government. They'll get an Angelina Jolie to be a, a United Nations ambassador. Well, it must be legitimate because Angelina Jolie, who's this Hollywood actor, she's supporting it, so it's got to be a legit thing. It's got to be something good 
for humanity, right? No, that's not the case. So while Walter Cronkite was receiving this Norman Cousins Award back in 1999 for promoting world government, once he had retired, Walter Cronkite, after years of being forced to report the news fair and balanced, he was now free to share his true feelings for a world government. And I want you to listen to just an excerpt of his speech because it's very important. There are people that are trying to establish a world governing body. Listen to his speech. Those advocates who work for world peace by urging a system of world law and order, world government, if you please, are called impractical dreamers. Those impractical dreamers are entitled, it seems to me, to ask their critics, what is so darn practical about war? First, we Americans are going to have to yield up some of our sovereignty. That's going to be, to many, a bitter pill. It will take a lot of courage, a lot of faith, a lot of persuasion to them to come along with us on this necessity. Our forefathers believed that the closer the laws are to the people, the better. Cities legislate on local matters, of course. States make decisions on matters within their borders. And the national government deals with issues that transcend the states, such as interstate commerce, foreign relations. That's what we mean by federalism. Today, we must develop federal structures on a global level. To deal with world problems, we need a system of enforceable world law, a democratic federal world government. You know what Alexander Hamilton wrote about the need for law among the 13 states applies today to the approximately 200 sovereignties in our global village, all of which are going to have to be convinced to give up some of that sovereignty to the better, greater union. Hamilton said, and it's not going to be easy, Hamilton said, to look for a continuation of harmony between a number of independent, unconnected sovereignties in the same neighborhood would be to disregard the uniform course of human events and to set at defiance the accumulated experience of ages. Most important, we should sign and ratify the Treaty for a Permanent International Criminal Court. That is now at the core of the World Federalist Movement's drive. That court will enable the world to hold individuals accountable for their crimes against humanity. Their leader, Pat Robertson, has written in a book a few years ago that we should have a world government, but only when the Messiah arrives. <laughs> he wrote, and literally, any attempt to achieve world order before that time must be the work of the devil. Well, join me. I'm glad to sit here at the right hand of Satan. <laughs> Let us hear the peal of a new international liberty bell that calls us all to the creation of a system of enforceable world law in which the universal desire for peace can place its hope and its prayers. Now, folks, wow. Do you understand what Walter Cronkite was saying? Now, this was way back in 1999. He was saying that 
the nations are going to have to be willing to yield up much of their sovereignty. And that he said it's going to be a hard thing, but he said it's something that's going to have to happen. In other words, he's talking about doing away with the nation state and people yielding up their sovereignty to this one world governing body. He's receiving an award for pushing world government, the Norman Cousins Award. He's at this world federalist meeting and he's receiving an award for pushing world government. And he said that Pat, Pat Robertson said that when there, there should be a world government, but only when the Messiah arrives, when Jesus Christ comes back to establish his kingdom here on the earth. And he said anything prior to that would be of Satan. And Walter Cronkite said, well, I'm happy to sit here at the right hand of Satan. Now, you can go watch that video on YouTube. It's out there everywhere. And so, just look up Walter Cronkite receiving the Norman Cousins Award for World Government. So, I want you to understand here, there have been people for many, many, many decades pushing a world governing body. The United Nations today is the seat of this world government And folks, it has always been socialistic. Now, you say, well, Dave, can you prove that? Well, yes, I can. The John Birch Society, I'll actually be speaking at one of their meetings tomorrow afternoon. They published an article. I think John McManus, who who used to be the president of the John Birch Society, uh, he may still be, I don't know for sure, but he published an article, The Socialist-in-Chief. A History of the United Nations Secretary Generals. Now, if you want to understand the ideology of something, look at its leaders. Because the, the people that are involved in it, they're not going to put a leader in. They're not going to vote a leader in who would not advocate for the entity that he's going to lead, right? In other words, if it's a socialistic entity... They're not going to put a, let's say, a Donald Trump to be president of it, right? Somebody who's saying, well, not, we're not going to let communists in the country, and uh, it's America first, and we're capitalists, and we're not, you know, he rails against socialism when he goes to speak at the UN General Assembly, and many different times. And during his stump speeches and, and uh, all of his rallies, he would rail against socialism. Well, you wouldn't put a guy like that over the as the president of the Communist Party USA, would you? Because it's not going to go anywhere. But what you're going to do is, if you're a socialistic entity, then what you would do is to you would choose somebody who's going to drive socialistic principles, and that way you can be successful in your goals, right? Well, if you look at the United Nations, every single secretary general, from the very beginning, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, Every single one advocated for a world government and, a, and the socialistic principles behind it. Because the United Nations is telling you what they are by putting in, voting in a leader of that organization. And we'll get deep into it on the other side of the break. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. You know, everyone... I've said many times that the United Nations has been, uh, this world governing body that's been established, has always been socialistic. The Bible talks about it, and I don't know if we'll have time to get into it today, but the Bible says that this end time world governing beast will be red. Other prophecies tell us the red uh, spirit or the red ideology in the end time, controlling a, 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 a vast majority of the population of the world will be socialism, socialistic or communistic. So, when we talk about the United Nations, the seat of this end-time world government, it's socialistic, always has been. So, let me prove that to you. So, the the process for selecting someone for the United Nations Secretary General position begins with a recommendation arising from the UN Security Council, which is really where the power lies. And its choice has to win approval of the five veto-possessing uh, members of the Security Council, which were the five victor nations of World War II. That would have been um, Russia, China, the United States, France, and Great Britain. Those are the five permanent members of the UN Security Council. They hold the power. So today, think about this. Communist China and Vladimir Putin's Russia, they have their say in voting for who gets to become the U.N. Secretary General. Xi Xi Jinping has a vote, a communist. And that means no one who advocates liberty needs to apply. They would never, in a million years, they would never put a Donald Trump over that because he's a capitalist, he's America first. They want somebody who is pro-world government and is pro-socialism and communism. Now... Once the Security Council makes its choice, majority approval by the General Assembly, now um, 193 nations, is needed for a new Secretary General to be named. So, if you remember back, America's Alger Hiss, he served as the Acting Secretary General of the United Nations Founding Conference all the way back in the spring of 1945. As the co-author of the United Nations Charter, with uh, along with um, 
Soviet communist uh, Andrei Vashinsky, Alger Hiss possessed great power. I mean, he was later shown to be... Now, he worked hand-in-hand. He was on the United States side. He worked with um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, our president. He was a, the, the, a very close sidekick with him. He, he was a, a, an advisor, worked very closely with him. So he possessed great power. Well, he was later shown to be a secret... Com- he was a communist spy. And he went to prison for lying about his communist connections. He was charged with perjury because the statute of limitations had ran out, but he still went to prison for lying about it. So he was a communist spy. Well, as America's chief contributor to the the UN's creation, he appointed um, scores of like-minded communist sympathizers and world government advocates to different UN posts. And hence, when I say that the United Nations has always been socialistic, now you understand. After the United Nations held its inaugural meeting in October of 1945, the post of Secretary General became more of a, a ceremonial or a public relations perch. Uh, the, the Security Council has always been where the UN's real power resides. They can veto anything, any resolution that the... UN Security Council comes up with, or that's brought before them, any one of those five permanent members can veto that. We have veto power. So when Russia wanted to invade Ukraine, they passed a resolution against it. Veto said, or uh, Russia said, now nah, we're going to veto that, and they went right in. And nobody could do anything, right? Well, so, you know, but knowing who has been Secretary General of some of the and and some background and attitudes of such individuals it tells us all of that we need to know about the UN itself socialism 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 uh there was um nor the, the let's talk about some of them that these UN secretary generals there was um a norwegian his name was um Tregve Lie he served in the UN Security Council or the UN Security General Secretary General post from 1946 to 1952. He held a high position in Norway's Social Democratic Labor Party. Remember, the organization you're going to run, you've got to put a guy at the head of it that has your ideology. This guy was Norway's Social Democratic Labor Party leader, folks. All right, I should say he held a high position in that. And, uh, and an undis- he was an undisguised offshoot of the Communist International. This guy was a socialist and a communist. And he was the UN Secretary General after his. Well, he owed his appointment to strong backing by the Soviet Union at the time. And then from 1953 to 1961, Sweden's um, Dag gold. He served as Secretary General. He actually claimed that his political hero was Communist China's mass murderer, Chow Enli, which Hammersgold led the United Nations when the world government's forces attacked Katanga, uh, which was the the freedom-seeking province of the former Belgian Congo. So you've got communist, communist, um, Burma's Yu Fant, he was Secretary General from uh, 61 to 71. He openly advocated world government, 
And he praised the murderous Soviet tyrant Vladimir Lenin, even approving Lenin's goals, because listen at this. He revealingly stated that they were in line with the aims of the United Nations Charter. Well, why is that? Because the charter was, the architect of the charter mainly was Alger Hiss, who was a communist spy. And then from 1972 to 1981, Austria's Kurt Waldheim uh, was a UN Secretary General, and he was a favorite of the USSR. His past services as an officer in the Nazi army during World War II was conveniently overlooked. Are you hearing what I'm saying, everybody? You wonder what the United Nations is all about? Oh, that's this great humanitarian organization that's the last great hope for mankind. Are you kidding me? The United Nations is absolutely not any kind of a hope for mankind. Jesus Christ is the only hope we have. I am looking to Jesus for my salvation, not to some world government, but there will be people in the end time. The Bible tells us specifically that they will pledge allegiance to thereby worshiping this Antichrist figure and Satan himself. And so this is why I don't, I don't even want the United Nations on United States soil. I think it should be absolved completely. But I certainly don't want to hear in the United States. Go somewhere else. Pick up your foundations and head out. Because we don't want you here in the United States. We signed a declaration of independence, not interdependence. We wanted to be a free people coming out from under King George. But nope, we're going right back into that because we have leaders in our White House that want to push us right back into that. If you saw what Donald Trump was doing, he was pulling us out of world government. Again, I want to tell everybody, I don't agree with 100% of everything Donald Trump did. But when he was pulling us out of world government and recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's eternal capital and giving them the Golan Heights and moving our embassy to Jerusalem, man, I was 100% on board with that. How can you not be on board with that? And so, but yet when Joe Biden got in office, he pushed us back into the Paris Climate Agreement. And he's, he's uh, totally advocating for the global compact on migration. That's why we won't protect our southern borders. Because we have a globalist in the White House. As corrupt as it gets, folks. Now, when you look at Walheimer, uh, he was an admirer of Chow and Lee. Well, I, I should say Waldheim was his name. And he cheered the successful campaign to oust uh, nationalist China uh, from the UN in favor of the communist Chinese regime. And then from 1982 to 91, we had um, Peru's Javier Perez del Cuellar. And he was a Marxist. He championed redistribution of the world's wealth. From 92 to 96 was uh, Egypt's Boutros Boutros Ghali. And he held the post for only a five-year term, and, and he was refused reappointment. But while in office, he bluntly called for an end to absolute and exclusive sovereignty. And then we had um, Kofi Annan of Ghana, who held, uh, he was a secretary, UN Secretary General from 97 to 2006. He was known for his consistent attacks on the very concept of national sovereignty. And he was accused of complicitly, uh, complicit, complicity 
in the massacres occurring in Europe's Bosnia and Africa's Rwanda. And then uh, after him was South Korea's Ban Ki-moon. He succeeded uh, Kofi Annan and had to step aside before December 31, 2016. But he was a believer of the claims of climate change enthusiasts. And uh, Ban Ki-moon was also, he also pushed for the goals of Agenda 21 and Agenda 30. Now, hold on a second. Uh, USA Today, I thought you said that Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 were not real documents. Uh, Wow. Did that fact check ever turn out not to be true? And now, today in 2023, we have UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Now, when I say the United Nations has always been red, or should I say socialistic, remember the Bible tells us the end time world government, this beast, this so the seven-headed, ten-horned beast of Revelation 13, that's the world governing body. It's a federalization of nations that will be ran by the Antichrist in the end time, a world government. In Revelation 17.3, the Bible tells us that John saw another vision of that beast. It was a seven-headed, ten-horned beast, but it was a scarlet-colored or a red seven-headed, ten-horned beast. Other prophecies tell us that the ideologies in the end time of the red spirit would be socialistic and communistic. And so once you understand all this, we know that the end-time world government will be a socialistic or a communistic world-governing body. Now, look at the United Nations. Every single Secretary General of the United Nations, from the architect of the United Nations Charter, Alger Hiss, who was a communist spy, all the way through, you think... Hammersgold and um, Waldmere and all of them have been, I probably butchered some of those names, sorry folks, the, they have all been socialistic, socialistic leaning advocates of a world government, all of them, because you can't put somebody at the head of an organization and expect it to succeed that doesn't have the same mindset as the organization. It doesn't work like that. It would take a nosedive. And so you have to put somebody at the head that advocate, fully advocates for the ideologies of the organization. Now we know the United Nations is a socialistic, communistic entity. So when they push human indu- the propaganda of human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, what's their real goal? It's a socialistic goal, right? Human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, it's all about control and it's all about wealth redistribution when you boil it all down to its essence. Well, now we know that's kind of obvious because it comes from an entity that believes in socialism, wealth redistribution, world government. That's what they're pushing in everything they do. And all of the tentacles of that is socialism. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. 
Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. You know, everybody, it's easy to see this 2,000-year-old prophecy of the end-time world government. It's been in the work for decades. The United Nations, the seat of that world governing body, from its inception, the political ideology, this global governing structure, is exactly what prophecy said it would be, socialistic or communistic. They really want to implement socialism on the way to a higher-faced communism. And to this day, not one word of the original charter written by Alger Hiss, a communist spy, has changed. And the UN still functions as a socialistic one-world governing body. You know, as I just stated from the beginning, every secretary general has supported the socialistic platform of the United States. You say, well, not the, not the one that's in there now. Oh, don't kid yourself. Secretary General Antonio Guterres, he was actually, before becoming United States Secretary General, he was president of the Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. Folks, he was the number one socialist on the planet. And now, he's our UN Secretary General. The Declaration of the Socialist International endorsed at the Council Conference held in Oslo back in 1962. I think it was June of 62. It states this, and I'm quoting, The ultimate objective of the parties of the Socialist International is nothing less than world government. So what do you think the, men, the, the mindset of Antonio our current U.N. Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, is. It's a socialistic, one-world governing body. Folks, we're living through, we're watching the fulfillment of a 2,000-year-old prophecy. Now, understanding how close we are to the end, it's not surprising the prophesied socialistic kingdom of the Antichrist is already established and functioning. And, you know, now that we know the United Nations is socialistic, it's easy to see what their goal is. And those, and those that align with them, with this organization, are they, they, it's easy. They're trying to establish socialistic ideologies globally. Now, I've talked to many of my friends. I talked to Kevin Freeman with the Economic War Room, with Glenn Beck and all those guys. And they talk about, from the secular standpoint, the socialistic overthrow of the world. And that with Joe Biden, who fully advocates for a world-governing body, he's a socialist. He can say, I'm not a socialist all he wants to, but he's a socialist. He believes in a world-governing body. He believes in uh, all of these things. He believes in pushing the build back better ideology which came from the United Nations. And he, he's all in on the Paris Climate Agreement and all of the different trades and all of the different, uh, not um, abiding by the Global Compact on Migration, not protecting our borders. I mean, it's one thing right after another. Now, again, forget Democrat, Republican, or any of that. I'm looking at what does the guy do. 
I looked at what well, I would I would not have supported Donald Trump if he got in there and advocated for socialism and abortions and LGBTQ rights and all this other stuff. I couldn't I would never have supported him. And so it's not the man, it's what the guy does when he gets in there. That's why I would vote for them. Now, at the end of the day, I'm not looking to government for any to meet any of my needs. I'm supporting and advocating for and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and I'm advocating for Jesus Christ because you can put your hope and faith and trust and you base your eternal salvation on what he did for you on Calvary. He loves all of you, and serve him, love him, worship him, and pledge allegiance to him. However, we still have to live in these old bodies for a few more years and if you're going to participate in society and you're going to be a productive member of society and if you're going to vote, then you've got to look at what's going on in Washington and what do people believe and what don't they believe. And I'm, I would, um, looking at Washington before ever, I'm, I'm never going to pay attention to a world governing body. And so our constitution that was established by our forefathers puts limits on the government. That's why a lot of people want to pitch the constitution in the trash. Because they want a dictatorial, totalitarian situation. And so, but the people that believe in, a glo- in globalism, they want to do away with bo- the borders of the nations and create a global state that answers to a world governing body. Folks, this is what's going on in our world right now. And post-World War III, they need a crisis big enough to get the nations to yield up their sovereignty. You heard what Walter Cronkite said. He said, in order for this to become a reality, nations are going to have to yield up some of their sovereignty. Well, they really don't want you to yield up some of your sovereignty. They want us to yield up all of our sovereignty. And our armies, our military, our weapons, our, uh, and to have one global ethic, one belief system that answers to this world governing body. That's why he said... The major goal of the World Federalist Association was to get a world, an international criminal court. You say, well, it's just, that's just for international. That'll happen to uh, war criminals and things like that. Don't you, I'm telling you, don't be mistaken. It may start off like that, but they want to be able to arrest United States citizens before it's all over with. It may start out with war criminals. But I'm telling you, they want to, when you need a world government, what do you need? You need a judicial, a legislative, and an executive, right? And that's, a, that's in a democratic. And so what are they trying to do? They've got a U.N. Secretary General. They've got the U.N. Security Council. And they've got um, the, they're trying to create an international criminal court. And they're trying to create an, a global economic system. What do you think the Bank for International Settlements and the, uh, all of these central banks are designed to do? Do you think they're not tied in with this world governing system? I promise you they are. They're not working out here as parallel entities. Everybody's working together in lockstep because they know, and there's also a world religion being created. They're being created along with the United Nations as well. They're all working in cahoots, a world religion, a world government, and a world economic system to get this thing across the finish line. And if you read Revelation chapter 13, you'll see that the, the Satan's master plan in the end time is 
Revelation 13, 1 through 8, a world government. Revelation 13, 11 through 15, a world religion. And Revelation 13, 16 through 18, a global economic sanctioning system. Folks, this stuff is coming to pass in so intricate detail, it's almost mind-blowing. If we didn't understand the prophecies of the Bible, oh my goodness, where would we be? Thank God He left us about 30% of the Bible to help us with Messianic prophecies, to know when He was first coming, and then about what close to a 1,000 prophecies concerning His second coming in the end times. He wanted us to know, here's what is coming, folks. Don't be a part of that. Be a part of that. And I'm showing you how close I am because I want you to be prepared to meet me when I come back. That's the goal of all of this. And so I know that I talk about world government. It's one of my candy sticks issues, folks, because I am interested in what happens in Israel and what's going on in uh, the Holy Roman Empire and all these different things. But I'm telling you, on the heels of World War III, everybody on the planet will have to deal with the issue of world government. Nation, on, on the heels of World War III, nations will yield up their sovereignty that because if you remember, after World War I, uh, just over 8 million killed. They said, well, the, the, the answer to, in the mind of the globalist, the, in, the intelligentsia supposedly of our society, the, the, the answer to all of this, the cry for peace, was world government. We had the League of Nations was established. But because our president could not bring his Congress on board with it because they read the fine print and said, well, we can't do this. This is going to yield up much of the United States' sovereignty to a world-governing body. So guess what? The United States didn't get involved because our president, I think it was Wilson, couldn't bring his Congress in with him. So without the United States, now nope, the, United, the uh, League of Nations failed. So what they need? The crisis wasn't big enough to get everybody stirred up enough to yield up their sovereignty. So, here comes World War II, 20 years later. And then guess what? The United States was dragging their feet. Oh, man. The United States, we've got to have the United States involved in this world-governing body. So, guess what was the event that was needed to bring us into World War II? Pearl Harbor. Now, this is how it all played out. I speculate on some of this. But it's educated speculation. And on the heels, maybe history just played out this way. But once Pearl Harbor happened, we fought two campaigns. We fought the European campaign. We fought the Pacific campaign against the Japanese. We were victorious in both. But on the heels of that, the United States was, we signed on to the United Nations Charter. And then we were the principal driver in all of that until Donald Trump comes along and says, nah, we're not going to participate with your Paris Climate Agreement. And, hey, NATO, you need to pay your fair share. The United States has been footing the bill for all of this. And he recognizes Jerusalem as Israel's capital. And he moves the embassy there. He was the only one that had the courage to do that. Many of them signed the waiver every six months. Donald Trump said, no, we said we're going to do it. We're doing it. Boom. Now we have an embassy. When we go there to Israel twice a year, we take everybody to the embassy. Because it's very, very, very important to me as a United States citizen. 
and as a lover of Israel and a supporter of Israel. So now you kind of get an idea what's going on here, folks. But the problem is, is that Antonio Guterres, the U.N. Secretary General, the current U.N. Secretary General, he is complaining and, and, oh, he's just beside himself because the United Nations doesn't have the teeth that he, he thinks they ought to have. The teeth, the enforcement methods. He wants to be able to dictate to nations instead of just suggesting, don't do this. We'll pass a resolution, but who cares? Right? He wants dictatorial powers. Well, guess what's coming, folks? On the heels of World War III. World War II, 52 million people dead. World War III, with current population numbers, would be two point, close to 2.7 billion. On the heels of that, that's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. We're going to move fully into a world-governing body where nations will yield up their sovereignty in a cry for peace. They'll they'll yield up their sovereignty. They'll yield up their militaries. They'll yield up their arms. They'll yield up everything. Do away with their borders. And a global state will be created that answers to a world-governing body. Now, this is what's just ahead of us. Every single person will either be in compliance with that or you will be a resistor. The Bible says that the Antichrist will face resistance. All the way to the end, the Antichrist is going to be fighting wars, trying to get people to come into compliance. But there will be some people all the way to the end that absolutely will not do that. I will never do that. And hopefully you won't either. So it's very important that we understand What's going on over here behind the curtain? You can get mesmerized by sports and uh, taxes and inflation and just so many things in this life that can sweep you up and get you caught up in stuff. But I want you to understand what's going on behind the curtain that will affect every single one of you before this thing wraps up. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. 